Welcome to the Perpetually Sore Podcast, your source for martial arts and combat sports news, reviews, interviews, and supplementary training guidance covering topics for both on and off the mats. Now here's your host, Sean Machino. family and welcome to episode three. This is your host, Sean Machino. Please bear with me as I'm continuing to work out the best way to record, edit, and publish these things. We are getting closer every week. This week we're trying it a bit differently and we'll see how it goes. Depending on the results, hopefully this becomes the default method. In the last episode, we discussed the benefits of training with your goals in mind. Whether that means competition or a belt promotion or achieving a personal best, It was about aligning your mat and training time towards a singular goal in order to boost your effectiveness and efficiency. Hopefully you enjoyed that podcast. And if you have any questions, certainly get in touch with us on the website or Instagram. That topic is one that I'm asked about quite a lot as a conditioning coach and yoga instructor. Those questions usually come from clients training for a fight or a major competition. I also work with a bunch of people who aren't in martial arts for combat, sports, or fighting. They tend to do it more for the health benefits. And in this episode, I'll tackle one of the most common questions from that group, which is, what is the best way to burn fat? That comes up quite often. And if someone asks me that, I really try to determine what their actual intent is, because that could be a loaded question. Most people usually start out by saying, what's the best way to lose weight? And... Then after a few back and forth, it gets to the point of saying, what's the best way to lose fat? And at that point, we still dig a little bit deeper because I try to separate the crowd into one of two major camps they fall in. One would be those who are competitive and are trying to cut weight for a competition so that they can be in the weight class they want to. The other group want to look better. That's what they care about most. They want to look better. The number on the scale isn't as important to them as how much body fat they have, what size pants they're in, that kind of thing. And this is hopefully a timely topic because it's coming up on the first of the year. A lot of people make resolutions. One of those resolutions is almost always get in shape, be healthier. So I've started to already hear this question come up quite a bit. Before we start, I'll put the standard disclaimer out there. Even though I have a lot of certifications and experience with training and fitness and nutrition, I'm not a doctor. I don't suggest anyone take advice medically from a podcast only. Don't make any radical diet, exercise, or supplement changes unless you consult with your physician. Especially if you have a medical condition or have any dietary needs which could be aggravated by lifestyle changes. So with that being said, for this episode... I'm going to focus on the use of supplements when trying to burn fat, mainly because the topic of weight loss and fat loss is very broad. There's a lot to cover. We will break up the topic into a few different episodes, and this one will be focusing specifically on supplements because there's a lot of conflicting information out there and there's a lot of different products out there. It's really easy to get confused. And depending on you, who you ask, supplements might do great for them. If you ask someone else, they might say they're just ways for companies to make money and they're not actually delivering anything. The way I think about it and what I suggest to people is that supplement use shouldn't be thought of as a primary way to lose weight or burn fat no matter what. If you're worried about weight loss, burn more calories than you eat, that's the magic formula. When you get into the discussion of burning fat though, that's where things get a little bit more complicated because if you're 
just counting calories consumed versus eaten, you might be burning muscle. And people who are doing martial arts or competing, you don't want your muscle to be what burns. You want your fat to be what burns. And depending on what studies you look at, there is a lot of information out there that basically says your muscles will start burning earlier than your fat will start burning and your muscles will burn faster than your fat will burn. And people in combat sports and martial arts generally don't want that. They want to target fat burning, not muscle burning. Can supplements help you with that? That's the the main question we're going to think about today. For both myself and people I've coached, I've had multiple people drop 70 plus pounds, most of it being fat, doing nothing but the calorie counting, no supplements being involved. Again, I would not say your supplements should ever be your primary way to lose fat. There's ways to do it without supplements. But depending on what your diet is, depending on how often you exercise and what type of exercising you do, then maybe there is a place for supplements. And I do emphasize that it's maybe because I don't see consistent results with supplements if you're giving them to multiple people. Some people might say they're benefiting from it. Some people might say they aren't. And the trick usually is you can't tell because supplements aren't the only thing they're doing. They're increasing their sleep, which is incredibly important for your digestive system and to burn fat and to lose weight. They're drinking lots of water, which again is very important. And they're focused on exercise and being active, which is very important. If you do all of that without supplements, you will see results. If you add in supplements, are you seeing greater results? Since it really is directed by your personal chemistry and makeup and everything that you're doing as part of your lives, it's very hard to justify saying any specific supplement is magic medicine, a magic pill that can bypass the hard work because we we know that's just not the case. If you took supplements and didn't change anything else, you're most likely not going to see much of a difference, if any difference at all. So when we think about things like diet changes and exercising changes, you'll hit a plateau, right? You'll start losing weight and then you hit a plateau. And if you're going to introduce supplements, I would usually suggest you get to that point. The first thing you should do is look at your diet, eat healthy, Make sure you're getting the right nutrition, have a good balance of your macronutrients, focus on 40% of your diet being protein, 40% of your diet being fat, 20% of your diet being carbs. For those carbs, do high fiber carbs, slow carbs, don't eat a lot of white bread, don't eat too much pasta, rices, somewhere in the middle if you're really focused on improving your weight and fat, I would stay away from any of those refined white carbs. You can get your carbs from fruits and and other places. Definitely go that route. Say you're doing all that stuff and then you finally hit a plateau. Maybe that's when you should consider supplements. That's probably the best time. You want to do as much as you can naturally. Personally, I've spoken to many nutritionists and physicians and they generally say, Don't worry about supplements if you have a healthy diet and healthy active lifestyle. But if you are using supplements and they're not having negative side effects or being detrimental, they don't tell someone not to use them, but generally they don't endorse them. And most physicians and pharmacists and nutritionists that I speak to essentially say, if you're seeing a benefit, 
and they're not too costly, then maybe they are worth it for you, but they, they don't generally recommend them. Why are there so many studies out there and so many customer reviews and things saying supplements are great? Most of those are coming from the people who sell or otherwise get financial incentives or other incentives from the sale of supplements. You, you generally don't want to take advice on if supplements work from someone who is going to benefit from supplements. That's hopefully a no-brainer for everyone out there. Companies will showcase studies and customer results that say, on the supplement, I got great results. And when they find someone who aren't getting great results, are they going to put that on the front of their website or in their marketing material? No, because they want to sell their product. So just keep that in mind when you're looking at reviews. Most of those reviews are curated. Uh, a lot of the reviews on websites you might see look independent, but if you click on the link on their website to buy the product, that reviewer is probably getting financial incentive through affiliate links or otherwise for every recommendation on a blog post. You can usually be confident that there are lots of cases of people who haven't seen results that are being ignored or removed. Uh, that's the tough thing. If you control your website and lots of customers are giving it bad ratings, you just remove those ratings and then you leave the mid-tier and highest ratings. Maybe you put a couple negative ones in there so it doesn't look like you're skewing it too much. That's shady tactics, but it happens all the time out there. So let's take a look at what supplements may be helpful. If you follow a specific diet, which might lack important nutritional elements, offsetting those could be a great use of supplements. If you avoid milk and dairy and you're not getting a whole lot of calcium in your diet, then maybe a calcium supplement would be good for you. That's the kind of thing you want to look at. There's plenty of people who are vegetarian or vegan and they talk to their doctor and they find out what vitamins are not coming from the diet that they are consuming and maybe they're told to supplement it with a multivitamin or, or specific pill. When you have boundaries around your diet, definitely talk to the doctor and they might suggest certain supplements. That's a good way to go about it. The other thing you can think about is when you exercise, you're going to sweat a lot. You want to lose weight and fat, so you kick up your cardio and you do more lifting because lifting, hopefully everybody realizes, is a better way to burn fat than cardio. It's, it's about the resistance and making sure that you're using your stored body fat to turn it into something productive. So lifting weights, doing anything with resistance training will help you do that. Again, your weight might not change too much, but you're going to be converting your fat into muscle. And for people who want their waist size to go down, their body fat to go down, make sure that you have resistance training, strength training in there. Don't just think if you get on a treadmill, you'll sweat off the pounds. It, it doesn't necessarily work that way. When you're exercising a lot and you're sweating a lot, you are losing things through your sweat. Your sweat is got vitamins in there. It's got minerals in there. It's something that, depending on how active you are, you might want to replace via supplementation. That's the second kind of reason why you might want to do supplements. The first is to make up for your diet. The second is to make up for anything you might be losing because of your exercising. The third use of supplements that people generally look at is to stimulate fat burning or to reduce or prevent absorption of your food into body fat. This is where the gray area kicks in. These have the least solid evidence and support behind them, but there are hundreds of brands promoting supplements of this nature. Take this pill, 
And when you eat fat, it won't be stored as fat. Or take this pill and when you eat a carb, it won't be stored as fat. Or take this pill and when you exercise, you'll burn more fat than muscle. I'm sure there are studies that they've done that show it works, but there are also plenty of studies that show it doesn't work. This is the most gray area of the three use cases. I was having a conversation recently where I heard a story about someone who asked their pharmacist which supplements were effective and which were best. And the pharmacist's response was that Hey, supplement companies make millions of dollars a year, but if their supplements were actually doing everything they promised, they would be making billions a year. And it supports the idea that most of these claims are just great marketing or maybe it works for some people, but not everybody. That, that's why you got to be careful. The other thing to consider is some people will get the placebo effect, which means they could be taking a pill with nothing in it, but by the fact that they're taking a pill, they start seeing results. It, it's a mind over matter type of thing. You take something and you think it works, it changes other behaviors. If you get results by popping a pill, do you care if what's in the pill is what's making the end results happen? Or do you just care that you're getting the end results? I personally think if you're getting results, why you're getting the results really doesn't matter as long as you're not harming yourself or others as you do it. So from here, I want to talk about some specific supplements, their use cases, maybe some claims about their benefits, and I'll include any experience with them if I have them. So first off, let's start with CLA. It's a popular supplement that I've seen endorsed by multiple combat sports athletes. They take it daily. It claims that it keeps you feeling full, which will curb your appetite. It will limit your snacking and overeating. And it's also been marketed that it helps burn body fat and stimulates muscle growth. So being a more widely used supplement, this one I would say is generally safe to try. Although there are some studies that warn that long-term use can raise insulin resistance, which could lead you to type 2 diabetes. And it's also been found to lower good cholesterol levels in your blood, which can increase the risk of heart problems in some people. So I would say if you have any insulin or heart issues, this is probably one to skip. But otherwise, you can check with your doctor or give it a trial and see what happens. I'm on the fence with this one. I haven't taken it myself. I do know people who have. From their feedback, the worst side effects are generally an upset stomach or loose stool, which both are very common with most type of supplements that have to do with fat burning. That's probably another good note. If you are looking at supplements, you're not going to have the best bowel movements, most likely. That's just par for the course. And most people will say it's worth it, especially if they have a lot of weight to lose. Some of them might even consider that as proof that the pill is working. Another common type of supplement are metabolism boosters. These are usually using caffeine and other ingredients. Common forms are caffeine pills, green tea extract, green coffee extract. Those all fall into a metabolism boost via caffeine grouping. Most studies show that the evidence is inconclusive, especially when compared to something like drinking coffee, tea or soda or other high caffeine drinks. So I suppose it's a matter of do you want to take a pill to get some caffeine or do you want to drink a beverage with caffeine in it? That's why I usually skip these. I have a pretty bad caffeine habit. So I'll drink two or three cups of black coffee in the morning and probably a pot of green tea in the afternoon. That seems to do it. 
for me, better than the pills. The pills are more uncomfortable on the stomach. You can get caffeine jitters with the pills because you get a high concentrated amount of caffeine in your stomach at one shot. But if you're sipping tea throughout the morning or afternoon, it's not as much at once. So uh, it's a little easier to tolerate. If you look across social media influencers, especially in the jujitsu space, there's plenty who market products like this. One of the ones that come to mind that I've seen quite a bit are Dragon Pharma's Venom, which is sold as a pre-workout pill. It was marketed as giving you energy and burning extra calories. It's got a proprietary blend, but most of those type of pills really are just based on that whole caffeine aspect. And Dragon Pharma's Venom in particular, I believe, has about the caffeine equivalent of four cups of coffee in one dose. I've tried it. It was pretty rough for the first time or two. I think I got used to it or adapted to it because I used it for a while as a trial. I didn't see any significant results. I'll skip these type of pills generally because I have tried them in the past and I don't really get a whole lot of benefit from it. So another popular metabolism booster would be 7-Keto DHEA. This one has more evidence through studies that say it's effective. One of the studies that I'm thinking of showed that people who utilized it along with exercise and a calorie deficit diet, lost significantly more weight than people who took a placebo under the same circumstances. It was one of the few studies I've seen published for a supplement that was actually a double-blind study that the people didn't know if they were getting a placebo or the actual pill and where their circumstances were tracked very closely. The only thing I would say about that study is it had a limited test pool size. The results... May be inconclusive. However, the results from that study on that supplement were more promising than most studies are. Moving on, let's talk about supplements that claim to prevent absorption of fat from food into your body. Glucomonin is a popular supplement of this type. It's a dietary fiber with a high absorption factor. Most studies show insufficient evidence, although it's a very trendy product. It's interesting. I haven't tried that one myself, and just with insufficient evidence from the studies, I don't have any reason to go out and try it, but maybe in the interest of this podcast, I'll I'll give it a run and report back on the results. But if anyone listening has tried it or has successes or limited results, let us know. We'll certainly cite them on future episodes. There is a supplement related to that that I've used. It's called Glycodrive. It's from Blue Star. It claims somewhat similar effects, but what it is saying is that it will prevent the storage of broken down carbohydrates as fats. The way it works is you basically take a pill before each carb-heavy meal, and the outcome is you'll have decreased muscle damage from exercise and more increased muscle energy because of how it manages the absorption and breakdown of the carbohydrates that you've eaten. Essentially, it overrides your body's glucose absorption. So it continues to absorb carbs into muscle rather than fat. Normally, when you eat carbs and they get broken down in your stomach, they'll get absorbed into your body. When your muscles think they've absorbed enough glucose, the rest of it is absorbed into your fat. Glycoderive doesn't 
tell your muscles to turn off the absorption so the absorption will continue into your muscles. That's the high-level goal of this. And it's the type of supplement that looks great on paper. I've used it myself. I can't be sure if it's effective or not. I wouldn't say that I built more muscle versus fat when taking this, when eating a carb-heavy meal. Honestly, my suggestion is don't eat carb-heavy meals. You want to keep your carb consumption, as I said earlier, to about 20% of your diet. And if you're not eating a ton of carbs, you don't have to worry about those carbs being broken down into sugars that are stored as fat. But if you can't help it and maybe it's the holidays or you're eating out a lot at places or with people who do carb-heavy meals, give it a go for yourself. See what you think. Blue Star also puts Glycodrive as part of their suite of products that they suggest as a fat-burning protocol. There are other products such as Blade PM and GHP are all marketed as part of this fat-burning supplement stack. That's actually how I got the, the Glycodrive. I was doing a review of that fat-burning stack, so I, I bought quite a few of their products and used them for, I would say, two months straight as directed, which would be Blade in the morning, Blade PM and GHP at night, Glycodrive when you're going to eat carb-heavy meal. I did lose weight. I was taking them, but again, I was also changing my diet and exercising quite a lot during that time. If I wasn't taking supplements during that period, I should have seen very similar results just by looking at the calorie deficit that I was tracking during that period. Did they help a little? Maybe. Did they make me get results that straight math on calorie deficit and calorie counting would say that I exceeded? No. You could argue that I was burning more calories due to the pills, but I was also exercising more. So who knows? And this is another one where maybe the placebo effect comes in. These pills are supposed to give you more energy. If you have more energy, you think you can exercise more. So you exercise more and then you lose more weight and burn more fat. Was it the pill or was it your mind? Who knows? As I mentioned earlier, I've had multiple successful double digit and sometimes almost triple digit weight loss programs, both for myself and for my clients. I certainly would say don't take health advice from someone who's never been unhealthy and had to get healthy again. I've lost 70 pounds once. I've lost 60 pounds once. I've easily lost 20 or 30 pounds multiple occasions. I'm great at losing weight and getting and staying in shape when that's the mindset and mode I'm in. But also when I have injuries, which are not uncommon for me, then I'll put the weight back on just as anybody else would. What do I take regularly, I think, is what I'm going to get into now. So there are some supplements that I take regularly, both during those periods of double-digit weight loss and also when I'm just maintaining, trying to maintain my weight. Most of these have a fat loss, weight loss element to them, but I also think that they're just also healthy and that the studies have shown enough to make them worthwhile to include in your supplement or vitamin stack as you're trying to achieve your goals. So the first one that's up is a multivitamin. I know this one can be controversial. Most people say if you have a healthy, well-balanced diet, then a multivitamin shouldn't be needed. I, I totally agree with that, but I also don't think I have a healthy, balanced diet, nor do I think most people do. I'm busy, as I assume most of you are. I've got kids. 
I've got work. I've got training. I've got kids' activities. I've got my for fun activities outside of all of that, like being in a band, making and recording music, doing stuff like that. I, there's certainly a few fast food meals a week. There's certainly carb heavy meals because that's what my kids eat and I don't have enough time to prepare two or three or four different meals. We basically will cook what everyone will eat and that generally means I eat more carbs than uh, than what the target goal is. Knowing that my, my diet isn't perfect, I do take a multivitamin. Another good reason to take a multivitamin beyond just not having a great diet is when you exercise a lot, you do sweat and through that sweat you lose water electrolytes vitamins so the multivitamin can help there are plenty of ones out there i would say that they're all fairly similar the one a days are great these days i'm taking the massive masf multi i've certainly used other brands as well but the massive multi seems to work for me it's certainly one of many out there So the next supplement that I take on a regular basis are omega-3 fatty acids. Those are known to lower blood pressure. For a while, I had to be on blood pressure medicine because my blood pressure was so high through diet and exercise. I got that under control. But also taking an omega-3 fatty acid supplement certainly has been shown to help. The evidence is pretty conclusive on that, even though I'm sure there are some studies that say it's not as beneficial. But... In general, this is one that I would say is safe for everyone to take, and it's very helpful. So these usually come as fish oil pills. The most common side effect that people don't like would be a fishy-smelling burp. Those certainly can happen depending on which ones you take, but I take the Jocko Super Krill from uh, Jocko Fuel, which is sold by Origin. I find that it doesn't have that burpy-smelling side effect like most fish oil pills do, I certainly recommend Jocko Super Krill, but any of those omega-3 fatty acid supplements are usually great. Moving on, the next one that I take regularly is vitamin D3. There's studies where it strengthens your bones and muscles, it reduces inflammation, it can reduce hypertension, it can maybe help avoid diabetes, but the evidence for that claim isn't as strongly supported as the others. Vitamin D is one of the vitamins that is very important for lots of body functions. And vitamin D is also a vitamin that you lose more significantly than others when you sweat. So if you're exercising a lot and your multivitamin, if you're taking one, doesn't include vitamin D3, you should certainly look to supplement it. The one word of warning and caution is that if you exceed a moderate daily dose... It can cause some potential issues. You just don't want to double stack. If your multivitamin has a good amount of vitamin D3, there's really no reason to get it otherwise, but lots of multivitamins don't include it or might not have high enough concentrations. Just take a look at the labels or ask your doctor. I get my vitamin D3 also from Origin. I just order it at the same time I get my Jocko Super Krill. You can also buy it over the counter, usually at most grocery stores and pharmacies, just as you can with the multivitamins. I prefer to order from Origin. I think they're a great company with good values and mission. If I think of other ones I take regularly, if I need to improve my conditioning, maybe I haven't been doing as much conditioning and I'm ramping it up to bring my conditioning up to the next level, 
I do use uh, Vitargo, which is a quick absorption supplement, and I mix in some branch chain amino acids. You probably have seen the abbreviation BCAAs all over the place. So that's something that I do use if I'm doing a lot of extra exercise, extra conditioning, or trying to get my weight down so I'm skipping meals. I found that the Vitargo with some BCAAs are good. Thoughts are mixed on the benefits of these. They say if you get the essential amino acids, you probably don't need the BCAA. But there are several studies that saying the BCAAs increase muscle mass, improve recovery, so you're not taking as long between exercising muscle groups. So it's, it is good. I find it good for myself when I'm trying to improve my conditioning. I don't see a huge fat loss benefit from them. I don't see a huge muscle gain benefit from them, but I would say that I can do more strength training and more conditioning training when I use them. It might be a placebo effect. Who knows? I mix in modern BCAA plus or the amino fast product line from Blue Star. Both of those contain BCAAs and I'd say I'd have positive results from them, but results certainly will vary person to person and maybe it's just all in my head, but since I do see results, I use them. So the last supplement I'll cover is L-carnitine, which is an amino acid that's generally linked to weight loss and improved brain function. It should work as a fat loss aid because chemically it helps move fatty acids into your cells to be consumed for energy. And there's several studies that have shown it works, but there's also several studies that have shown no major improvement when taking the supplement. Results may vary since it's not conclusive. This is one that's something to potentially try, but don't expect it to be a magic weight loss pill. This is one that I don't have a ton of experience with myself. I do know people who use it and swear by it. And there's quite a few notable jujitsu personalities out there who promote it. They're seeing great results. I will put this on the list of something to try and, and report back on a later episode. Looking at the time, we are actually going longer than I thought I would be on this. Maybe I will try to wrap up here. I was thinking about also talking about meal replacement supplements and drinks. What I think I'll do is I'll do a uh, an episode on intermittent fasting as well as meal replacement supplements and the types of supplement drinks that I would generally incorporate into my fasting routine and the experience that I've had and clients have had with it. As a sneak peek, there's plenty of studies out there that show how often you eat really isn't as important as how much and what you eat. But there are also studies that show that fasting, essentially just putting long breaks between meals, can improve your fat burning window. If you're interested in that, stay tuned for a future episode. So to wrap up today, if your goal is to lose weight, decrease body fat, or improve your appearance, you really should focus on a healthy diet first. Once your diet starts kicking in and you're seeing improvement maybe you'll hit a plateau at that point introduce more exercise i always look to diet first exercise second in parallel with those two things drink plenty of water get plenty of sleep all of those will contribute more to weight loss and decrease body fat than supplements if you've done all that and then you hit another plateau or if you're just not seeing the results you'd expect 
you might want to look into the supplements I mentioned above. Also, you might start getting fatigued and supplements can help with that fatigue. If you're not getting caffeine through drinks, coffee, or tea, then energy increasing and metabolism boosting supplements that include caffeine will certainly help with overcoming some of that fatigue feeling. Just remember that results vary person to person when it comes to supplements. There really is no magic supplement or group of supplements that I think will solve all your problems. I am also a firm believer that you can achieve everything you need without supplements. So with that, I'll be off. Thank you for joining. As always, if you have any questions or comments or suggestions based on what we covered here or just the podcast in general, you can find us at perpetuallysore.com. I'm also on Instagram for this as perpetuallysore247. Track us down, let us know what you think. And until next time, have fun on the mats and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Perpetually Sore podcast. We hope you have enjoyed this episode's topics. Please follow and review our podcast on your listening platform of choice. If you have any suggestions on future topics or comments about the show, you can contact us by visiting perpetuallysore.com or finding us on Instagram at perpetuallysore247. 